Innovative Financial Planners, LLC, and Innovative Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Centers for Disease Control and or any other government agency. The following is a paid program from Innovative Financial Solutions. This is the Retirement Playbook with your retirement coach, Brock Elspa. It's like, hey, let's figure out our break even. You know, in other words, I'm going to collect this many checks now at this dollar amount versus if I took the higher dollar amount, but less checks, right? And your retirement cheerleader, Danielle Elspa. I think you're right. I think it's just that people don't want to talk about this stuff. Together, they form your retirement offensive line from innovative financial solutions. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle Elspa. Good morning, Southeast Missouri. And wherever you may be listening, this is the Retirement Playbook with Brock Elspaugh, brought to you by Innovative Financial Solutions. We are the retirement people, and we're here with you every Saturday morning right here on KZIM, KSIM, from 7 to 7.30 a.m. Tony Shore, good morning. Well, good morning, Brock. Thanks for having me on the show today. Happy to be here, and I am alive and awake, which is good, right? (laughs) Uh, Had my coffee this morning, so that's good. Multiple cups. Yeah, I'm assuming. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. So we're going to rock and roll today then. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm, I've been doing good. How about you? What's going you know, on over yeah, there, Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. We are, uh, you know, I mean, it's been hot and, and, and oh, pools are open and people are outside humid. and, you know, yeah. it's it's good and, and people are back to, to work mostly and kind of getting over the coronavirus. You know, you don't hear too much more about that anymore, but yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's still there and hopefully it stays at bay, you know, it doesn't come back. So that wouldn't be good for anybody, you know? Yeah. Um, but Tony, before uh, we've got a great show, by the way, th- th- I'm really excited about this. This is kind of off the beaten path, but, uh, that's a good thing every once in a while. And so I'm really excited to talk about retirement communities, building wealth and budgeting. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do, I'd like to let you know about our website. It's theinnovativeteam.com, theinnovativeteam.com. Check out our website. It's got past shows on there labeled by show topics, so you can just kind of pick out what you want to listen to, which is awesome. You can also get us on uh, Google Play, uh, the, the iTunes store. So there's no excuses. You can always listen to the Retirement Playbook, <laughs> wherever you nice. are. Um, also, you can order my book, The Last Paycheck. How to build sustainable retirement income and keep those paychecks coming in. Isn't that what everybody wants to do? Of course. Okay. Uh, so when you retire, you got to build that, you know, bridge over to uh, the income stream. And so you want to keep that coming in. That book is a great way to get started. We've got lots of good stuff to get started. Roth conversion guide in there on the website. You can download that. Uh, but if you really want to take the next step and, and help yourself and your family, give us a call here at 332 332- Seven eight five five Innovative Financial Solutions. All right, Tony. All right, there we go. Yeah. There's the plug. <laughs> well, it sounds great, and you know, I am looking forward to today's show. Earlier in the week, you said you had a very interesting episode on the way. What did you mean by that? I did. I, like I said, I'm really excited about today. We, you know, we often discuss discuss the idea of of downsizing in retirement, right? So we either want to make sure we don't have debt in retirement. Well, we also talk about, well, you've got this big house and yeah, it's paid off, but, but do you need that big house? And do you want that big house? Do you want to take care of it? Do you want to have the property taxes and things like that? But, but downsizing is definitely something we talk about when it comes to retirement planning. And, uh, 
The other thing we talk about is moving into a retirement community. Some people want to do that, okay? Uh, but here's the thing, Tony. We rarely get to dive into some of the important details. You know, we just kind of say the words downsize, and we say the word retirement communities. But today, we're going to focus on moving into retirement communities before you officially retire. What are some of the financial benefits? Are there disadvantages to consider? One of our sources today is the U.S. News and World Report article from September of 2018, and it's titled, Should You Move Into a Retirement Community Before Retiring? Interesting. So, it yeah. sounds like an interesting topic. So uh, let's dive into this. Why would somebody consider moving into a retirement community before they retire? Uh, it seems a bit premature to me. Yeah, you know, it, 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 I bet it does. But here's the deal. Um, one of the biz, biggest advantages to settling into a retirement community while you're still working is eliminating yard work and household repairs. Ooh, I like and that. Maintenance. Good to me. Yeah. I mean, in this, you know, last few months, you know, especially when we were quarantined and we're at home, how many people look at look at Lowe's and Menards and all these other places. I mean, their stocks going out the roof. Why? Because people are doing household repairs. You know, you've got the time and maybe you've got a little extra money from the stimulus or whatever. So people have been doing all these things. But do you really want to? That's the question. And do you want to continue to do those things? Are you doing it because you're propping up the value of your home because you want to sell it? But living in a community takes those chores off your plate. And this can help you focus on the latter stage of working and, uh, and preparing for retirement. Okay. Plus, here's the big bonus here, Tony. It may lead to more leisure activities as well. And everybody loves leisure activities. <laughs> right? Well, you, you know I do. Yeah. But before, you know, you can enjoy fewer chores and more leisure time, there's a few steps you need to take here, folks. Okay. The first one is to make sure you each actually qualify. Okay. Most retirement communities have age restrictions. That's why they're called retirement communities. And several of them that I know of, Tony, are, are you have to be 55 or older to, to live in those, but some of them are 65. Uh, what, 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 what has your experience been? Do you know of any of these communities around your area? Oh, yeah, for sure. In fact, uh, my mother-in-law is in one. So okay. um, I, think, I think it's uh, hers is 55 and older. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what most of them are. You know, if you yeah. go to Florida and you... You know, you see these things are everywhere, and yeah. uh, I've had some clients actually move down there from Missouri to uh, to some of those communities in Florida, and uh, in fact, one of them actually did it before he retired, so it's exactly what we're talking about now. Yeah. You know, one of the things you got to do is you got to make sure you want to do that, and the best way to do that is to, you know, check it out. So he rented a place for a week at a time in the wintertime here, went down there, Spent a week, said, man, this is great. The next year, and he was, you know, he was probably six years out from retirement. The next year, he did two weeks. The next year, he did three weeks just to kind of make sure that, hey, I want to be away from my grandkids. It's okay, and, and I enjoy being down there this long. And then, you know, it ended up being two months. And then finally, he said, yeah, I want to do this, and he bought a place. I mean, that's a great way to kind of test the waters without yeah. being a big commitment, you know. Well, and you might want to start the process sooner rather than later because the best places always have a waiting list, uh, whether it's restaurants or retirement communities. 
there's a waiting list if yeah. it's a if it's really good, right? A- a- absolutely. It's also a good idea to check out the facility and its features. Okay, some of them may have pickleball courts, for example. I know that's a huge. Uh, oh yeah, crave very right popular. Right yeah, now. yeah, especially exactly. with the fifty-five plus crowd. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I've got some buddies my age. You know, if they're in their forties and fifties, and they're out there. Oh yeah, every day. Yeah. Yep. But but things like does the apartment layout work for you? You know, if it's an apartment or it's a townhouse or is it an individual house within a community? Uh, there's there's all kinds of housing opportunities in these communities, and they can vary widely, and each provides a different level of care. Some are independent living, and others may provide assisted living and even nursing home options. Okay, but finding the right community that fits your needs should be a really high priority when making this decision and checking out if this is right for you, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a good point, Brock. Just because something's trendy or popular, it doesn't mean it's the right fit for everyone, and I learned that one the hard way with my bell bottoms. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Shore and his bell bottoms, everybody. Yeah, there you go. But, but, you know, that is true. And cost is another thing to consider. I mean, obviously, making sure it's your lifestyle that you... And I agree with that, by the way. It's one of those things where, you know, yeah, cost is absolutely something you could should consider. But these other things that we just talked about, in my opinion, you know, are more importantly. But when it comes to cost, um, you know, specifically entrance fees, association fees... You know, these entrance fees are kind of like initiation fees at a golf course. They're charged when you move into the community. And they'll differ depending on the type of apartment you choose or if it's a townhouse or if it's a, you know, a full-fledged house within a community. But some of these interest fees can be really high, Tony. Yeah. And uh, so you may not want to plan for these as part of your financial strategy. And if you haven't, you need to do that, right? And if you're going right. to take it, if you're going to take that big entry fee, let's say it's $50,000, okay, which is not uncommon, by the way. But but um, in that some of not nicer communities, obviously, and probably more so in Florida. But anyway, uh, if it's fifty thousand dollars and you've got to take that from a retirement account, well, now you've got to take out sixty-five or seventy thousand to factor in these taxes you're going to have to pay on that big withdrawal. So again, oh, yeah, you know, it, things like this, I would really encourage you to save money on a non-qualified basis, and that way you don't have to worry about that, and you can just you know write that check and don't have to worry about paying those big tax bills. Um, but the association fees, you know, those monthly fees, Tony, yep. uh, that these communities charge and it's, you know, these, these things cover community lawn maintenance, uh, property upkeep, access to all these workout rooms, pools, hot tubs, pickleball courts, tennis courts, and a lot of them are even golf courses. Uh, the, the gentleman I was telling you about that, uh, retired last year, that's a client of mine. He's got, uh, he still has a place up here in, in Missouri, but, but, uh, spends a lot of time down there, but he's got a golf course. He lives on a golf course. And so his association fees every month also include, you know, the, the golf course, which is awesome. You know, I mean, that way he doesn't have to worry about, you know, swiping that card every time it goes in place. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. So, but if you don't value those things, right, if you don't play golf, if you don't play pickleball, then you need to look at other communities that might fit your, your budget better, you know? Right. Now, uh, we're going to turn our attention to another topic, wealth building. You told me you wanted to talk a little bit more about that today. Uh, and uh, who doesn't want to learn new ways to enhance their financial nest egg, right? Very true, Tony. You know, building wealth. And the reason I want to talk about this is because 
I think people get um, have a little misperception of what wealth is and how to build it, and and it's very relevant um, because in this time where you know we saw the market go way down due to the COVID nineteen and the economy being shut down, this is a very hot topic. People were wanting to invest and get rich quick, um, and which, by the way, <laughs> in some form or fashion, has happened for some people. Um, but 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 you know, building wealth is not going to come from a ten thousand dollar or a twenty thousand dollar investment. It's going to take time. Okay, so it's definitely a hot topic, building wealth. But we don't want to focus on these. You know, hey, let's invest in airlines, and hey, let's invest in. I'm not saying that's a bad investment, but it's it's worked out this time. But don't get caught up in that uh, every time the market goes down. Let's get a, a strategy put together based on your risk tolerance based on your color of money, based on things that are important to you, okay? Um, and let's let's stick with the fundamentals, I guess is what I'm going to say. So we have an article from Investopedia.com. It's titled, Three Simple Steps to Building Wealth. It was published in May of last year, 2019. And while these steps may be simple to understand, they can be harder to execute. This is why buying stocks when the market is low is not a bad idea, but you have to take your emotions off the table. And I can't tell you how many times I've had friends say, hey, I wanted to invest some money in, in these certain stocks and what have you because they got you know beat up really bad. But they don't know when to sell. They don't have a plan. They don't have a plan as to if it goes down more, are you going to buy more? When are you going to sell? If you have a plan, there's no wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But, but let's stick with the fundamentals. And so that's what we're going to talk about here. According to the article, in order to build wealth over the course of your life, you need to do three things, okay? So the first one is make it. You need to have a consistent source of income that allows you to have some left over after you've covered your needs, is what I would call it, like housing, utilities, food, transportation, those kinds of things, okay? So you got to have money left over. you got to make money to build wealth. And then next, you've got to save it. Once those needs are paid for, the next step is to have a proactive and consistent savings plan. Could be through your 401k, through your employer, or another type of individual saving strategy. But the point is, is save it. And uh, the 401k, if you have one at your workplace, is a great way. Now, you've got to sift through all the things like do you do the Roth or do you do the traditional, how do you invest the money? But here's the main point, save it. Okay? Yeah. And then next is invest it. So once you, you've put aside that savings, that, that uh, you know, emergency fund, if you will, okay, the rest of that needs to go to work for you in an investment mix that matches your risk tolerance and long-term strategy. So kind of going back to the fundamentals, Tony, getting to the fundamentals and saying, hey, this is really how you build wealth. You make money, you save money, and you invest it. Right. So make it, save it, invest it. I mean, that sounds like a solid three-step plan, but uh, don't you feel it's maybe a little too vague? It, it, you know what? Like I said, this is just a uh, overall you know, plan here. The reason why I wanted to bring this up is because we've had so many discussions with people about you know, just buying individual stocks at a time. If you don't have a plan, it doesn't matter. It's probably going to go awry. This is why professional money managers exist. Okay, um, so and that's why I spend so much time on the subject to give it a more thorough discussion. So let's do that. Let's dive into each of these three steps of wealth building a bit more. 
starting Sounds with good. earning income. Okay. So while it might seem like, oh, well, duh, Brock, you got to have a job, of course. <laughs> okay. It's, the, it's still the most important step. And odds are that you've seen various charts and tables showing the value of compounding interest over time. But what those tables and charts rarely show is what you need to be making to cover your needs. Remember, we have the whole needs and wants conversation. Your needs are things you pretty much got to have. Now, the, the problem with that is we, we've, we've put a lot of wants into the needs category. <laughs> so, once again, we need to kind of go back to fundamentals and realize what a need is. Okay, There's only so much you can save by cutting down on your expenses. Okay. Right. And, and I think that, you know, cutting expenses, nobody likes to hear that, but, uh, and there is only so much you can save. You have to be able to work and earn it. So, uh, if there's only so much that can be saved by cutting down on things like Starbucks, how much we spend mm-hmm. every day on coffee, how, how do we make more money then? Well, uh, again, you'll likely need to increase your income over, over time. Okay, to allow for more opportunities to invest. One way to make sure of that is that you're using new income uh, for savings is automatic. Increase your savings. So when you when you get a raise, for example, increase your savings. Okay, let's not increase our spending when we get a raise. That's one way. Okay, um, you already or how about a bonus? You know, if you're on if you're on a bonus system or on a commission system. Make sure those needs are covered by your salary. That way you can save your bonuses, all right, and and, and save those commissions. Um, you already know how to, again, stay on this, this income path of using your salary to cover your monthly needs. Uh, don't simply spend more because you, ha- you make a little bit more money, okay? Uh, some investment options like 401ks, by the way, and other retirement like IRAs accounts, uh, will even provide you with the ability to automatically increase those percentages on a schedule that you determine. So what that means is, is that let's say you're doing 6% in your 401k. That's how much you're saving of your salary. You can set it up. A lot of plans offered where you can set it up to where next year goes up to seven. The following year goes up to eight and just goes up 1% every year. I would highly encourage you to do that. Now, yeah. the one thing I don't want you to do is use that as an excuse to not, you know, do the eight or nine that you should be doing now or that you could be doing, right? Yeah. Um, but here's another one, Tony. Paying off debt like credit cards or student loans, okay? Schedule an increase that begins with debt paid off, thereby increasing your savings. So what that means is you're paying $200 a month on that credit card or school or student loan, and, and then now we're going to move it up to $300 next year and $400. So you can do the same thing on the opposite side of the balance sheet. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I mean, if I'm already making ends meet with my current budget, uh, moving the money that I'm saving from debt reduction uh, to savings or investments when the debt is paid off won't affect my day-to-day cash flow or budget then. A- a- absolutely. So, So speaking of that, you know, there are some ways you can avoid spending more than your income. <laughs> when you well, spend and that's too much, a problem a lot of yeah. people have. You laugh. <laughs> no, but. I know. You're exactly right. So what happens when, you know, uh, we have a young couple. They're 30 years old. They've got a the, their starter home that they bought for 100000 And now they're making more. They're increasing their income. So what do we do? We go buy a $250,000 house, a $350,000 house. 
and the house just keeps getting bigger because we're making more money. I'm telling you folks, you will be so much more happy by having the flexibility to do the things you want to do, when you, how you want to do it, when you want to do them, because you've got the savings and the money to do it. If you have too much debt, if you have too many expenses, you will not have that freedom, and then therefore you will not be as happy because that stress of making those payments will get to you. I promise you that. Okay? Yeah. Uh, the Investopedia article identifies four ways to make sure you don't exceed your budget and spend too much. You ready? I'm going to give you four things here. First, track All your right. spending. Okay? It's common to feel like your money just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even knowing exactly where you're spending your money can help you spend too much or avoid spending too much. Excuse me. So categorizing, sorting those things, there's plenty of online programs like Mint. Uh, some banks have their own programs, so you can just go online and you can you know sort all of your expenses to know where you're spending your money. So that way you can, if you need to, cut down in those those areas that you really shouldn't be spending that money in, right? Yep. Yeah. In fact, uh, I have a friend who categorizes every single cent he spends. He uses a software program so he can put every cent into the right category. And my wife and I use one of these software programs, and then you can run reports that show how much you've spent, say, on donuts or pizza alone in the past 10 years. <laughs> right. It's interesting. It adds it, up. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things where, again, in my opinion, you got your wants and your needs. Let's categorize them. Let's put them in there. It's okay to have wants, but know how much you're going to spend on that every single month to make sure that you can meet your savings goals and then your investing goals. And that's the bottom line, Tony. Wow. That's a nice bottom line. So um, a little change can make all the difference then. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to adjust your lifestyle. Don't be afraid to tell that your friends over here that are spending too much money that, no, you're not going to go on this trip this year or you're not going to do this or that because, you know, you want to be financially responsible. Right. But we get caught up on, hey, we got to do this and we got to do that. And, you know, here we go. It's destroying our economy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, so. I tell you what, we're out of time for today's show. I can't believe it just flew by. I it looked did. at the time and I'm like, wow. So Time flies there, when you're having fun, Tony. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, Brock, is there anything else you want to add before we go today? Bottom line is get a plan together. Use those three things that we talked about, which is earn it save it and invest it. It's that simple. Now you can obviously dive down in these categories and, and talk a lot more about it and get very technical. But if you just stick with those three things, you'll be successful. And in addition to that, Tony, I want to offer all of our listeners a complimentary consultation. So give us a call here at 573-332-7855. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Playbook. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Brock and Daniel Elspa at Innovative Financial Solutions. Call 573-332-7855 or visit their website at theinnovativeteam.com. 
www.innovativefinancialplanners.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Innovative Financial Planners, a registered investment advisor in the state of Missouri. Insurance products and services are offered through Innovative Insurance Consultants. Innovative Financial Solutions and Innovative Insurance Consultants are affiliated companies. Brock Alspa, Danielle Alspa, and Innovative Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.